it's making with students and the importance of servant leadership for our youth. So welcome, Samantha. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's great to see you. You want to get us started, Rana? Yeah, I, it was um, so fun meeting you for the first time when you came in for um, a chat with our founder and myself, you know, Art Barter, and and just learning about your school. And I was so inspired. I'm like, can you do a podcast with us? So here you are. So that's great. So just to get things started, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the education field and particularly a charter school like Coastal. Sure, absolutely. So I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Uh, I went through Los Angeles Unified School District, one of the biggest school Mm. districts in the nation. Had a great time there, was very active in high school in marching band. Um, I share that because marching band was one of my first introductions to leadership. Um, And being a part of big marching bands, uh, really there's quite a bunch of technical skills required for that. So through that, that's where I really learned early on that um, leadership really called to me. My senior year of high school, I was the drum major, you know, the person in the front of the band leading the band. And so through that, yeah, yeah, and and I just loved it. And so that's really just knowing um, servant leadership is such a huge part of my life. And I know the mission of of this organization. Um, So I just, it, it just started me off really young. And so anyway, I went through LAUSD. Um, then once I graduated high school, I went to Cal State Northridge. Um, I always knew, I was always called to the field of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would come home from school as a young child and play school with my Cabbage Patch <laughs> dolls. So I always knew um, that I wanted to go into the field of education. Um, and so I went to Cal State Northridge to get my um, degree and teaching credential. Um, from there, I met my husband. He was uh, in the Navy at the time. So I got married, and I actually, our our marriage took me to Okinawa, Japan. Um, And so while I was in Japan, I worked for the Department of Defense and worked with some of the youth over there. Um, Among other things, I ran a leadership group. Uh, You may remember, and I'd say it was probably 2010, there was a huge earthquake in Japan. You may have saw houses floating in the ocean. Well, I had the great opportunity of being there for that. Talk about life experience, right? (laughs) Um, So anyway, while I was there, um, a principal in Oceanside, her name was Lori Perez, um, she reached out to me and uh, connected me with a leadership group in Oceanside at Coastal Academy, um, our K-8 site. And so our leadership students became pen pals with the students at Coastal Academy um, and then a couple months later, we got orders to Camp Pendleton, and here we are. Oh, wow, that's uh, right. amazing. Talk of, I call wow. it my, my Coastal Academy love story. Um, <laughs> okay. and, and so when we, we ended up coming to Oceanside, and my husband um, ended up getting out of the military um, at Camp Pendleton, but regardless, the principal invited me to come visit the school, and I heard about the amazing opportunities, Coastal Academy, which is a part of the Classical Academy's organization, mm-hmm. the great things 
that Coastal is doing for families. And so really, um, just to get you caught up on what we do for kids, um, the classical academies in general partners with parents um, to, edu to educate their children. So we attract um, students and parents who really want to work hand in hand with teachers. Nice. Um, and it's just different from the traditional model of drop your student off at school and leave it to the teachers. Um, really at the classical academies, uh, we partner with parents in that every student completes some form of independent study so they learn at home in some way. We have mm -hmm. some students that learn at home every day. We have other students that come on campus four days a week um, and they learn at home one day per week. And then we have kids everywhere in the middle. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes version of my story. Yeah, for sure. What a, <laughs> wow, what a great a, story. Oh, I mean, gee. talk about something that I'm was saying meant. wow a lot because I'm uh -huh. in a wow mode here. Talk <laughs> about so fate, fun. right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's just, you can see the tapestry uh -huh. being woven and I love stories like that. I love to see that happening. Now, you told us a little bit about Coastal mm -hmm. and what makes it different than other high schools. Mm -hmm. How do you feel it's making an impact mm. on, on the students you see and the parents? Yeah, matter? sure. So what we found with the classical academies in general is that we really f we fill a niche in the community, a need that may not have been met otherwise. And, you know, you hear so much about charter schools and the yes. politics of charter schools, but... What I love about the classical academies is we're not we're not looking to compete with other schools. It's not about that. It's about the service and what is the need in the community. What is the need that we can help to serve, to better serve the local San Diego County um, families. And so typically our schools attract a certain kind of student. Coastal Academy High School. Um, we have a variety of kids that are drawn to us. Sometimes we have students who may have illnesses and they can't go to a traditional five day a week mm -hmm. school and they need flexibility. They want to come in and get classroom instruction some days, but some days their diagnosis requires them to be able to work from home. We have students who are um, traveling actresses and athletes and musicians. We have a Coastal Academy High School student right now who's on tour with a band and he yeah. needs um, the flexibility of being able to take his school on the road. And so more than anything, um, the classical academies really, when we say we personalize, every single student has a personalized learning plan. Um, and in terms of its impact, well, we give, student, we give students who may not fit into the traditional mold a home. And so there's a saying that you can't fit a square peg into a circle hole or vice versa. Right. And so we really, we don't try to do that. We create a home for every student. We have many of our Coastal Academy high school students um, were bullied. Um, or they weren't accepted, or perhaps um, they were in a classroom of 40 students and they really needed a more personalized environment. Uh, currently at our high school, we have a 14 to 1 ratio of students to teachers, which is wow. pretty unheard of. And so because of that, our teachers are able to really connect, which is when we talk about impact, research shows people matter relationships mm -hmm. matter and because our class sizes are small teachers are able to connect with students and intervene and provide support and I, I mean more than anything at our high school we, we really do focus on the whole child and that's where the leadership and the resiliency piece and the servant leadership comes in because academics matter but what matters more is how we are as human beings and ultimately as a high school, we're preparing kids for what's coming next, which is life. And that's more than reading and writing and math. That's it's so great. You know? And a, another thing that came to mind about the tie-in with servant leadership is, you know, you're meeting people where they are. You're meeting the students where they are in their life. And that's, 
that's who we are at the Institute. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we feel servant leadership is about, mm -hmm. meet people where you are. So that yeah. really connected with that piece, I think, very well. Totally, and I think for high school students, meeting them where they're at many times is just listening. So much yes. of servant leadership and leadership in general is just stop talking and listen. Listen to where people are at, find out what they need, and then come alongside them. And that's part of what the Classical Academy does when we're personalizing. It's listening to the parents, finding out everyone's story. Everybody has such a, a unique story. And if we take time to really listen, that's where the leadership, it, it's natural. And I think that's what makes servant leadership different. It completely goes against the top-down model of follow me, do what I say. And it's more so let me listen and then come mm -hmm. alongside and, and impact you as I can and influence you in a way that's meaningful to you, which might be totally different than somebody else. Yeah. Now, just to clarify something for our audience, mm -hmm. the, um, the charter schools sure. are public mm -hmm. schools. Yes. Um, so charter schools are public free schools. So Coastal Academy High School is a part of the Classical Academies. Mm -hmm. um, we have several sites throughout northern San Diego County. We have um, the, the Classical Academy. It's very con confusing. You'll hear the Classical Academies, Coastal Academy High School, the Classical Academy. So yeah. if, you, if you Google the Classical Academies charter school, will come up. And the point is we have several sites in Escondido, Vista, and Oceanside, um, TK through grade 12, mm -hmm. um, tuition-free, um, like I said, different options and um, really options ranging from doing all of your schoolwork at home to coming in anywhere from two to four days a week and um, everything in between. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I just wanted our audience to understand that, that you know, these are tuition-free schools. And it just sounds to me like what an opportunity. I wish that I had had that myself. Yeah, that's to a go great somewhere, you pointed that out, you Carol. Know, yes. Where I'm appreciated as a person mm -hmm. and not just, you know, how well did I do on a standardized test. Or going through a system that doesn't right. always work, like you say, prepare right. students for the next phase of their life, going into real life, mm -hmm. you know, working, all the things that, you know, what that you really want to prep your child for. Yeah, and you know what we're seeing and what research is showing when we're when companies like Google and Apple are saying, you know, what are you looking for in your employees? Mm -hmm. And it's it's not at all the traditional mindset of are you able to type or answer this test mm -hmm. or alphabetize some of these other things. They're looking for innovative thinkers who really are able to work and collaborate and all of that again stems back to servant leadership. How well can you can you listen? How well can you work with people? It all again comes back to the people it does right, you know right so have you had the opportunity yet to be in touch with graduates mm. and talk to them you know once they've left coastal sure so coastal academy high school we have our first graduating class this june uh -huh. uh, which is super exciting but the <laughs> classical academies uh via our escondido high school has had right. seniors graduate the program and um, Coastal Academy High School and our Escondido-based high school mentorship is a huge mm -hmm. piece of our program. And so at Coastal Academy High School, we have one-to-one -one mentorship. So every single high school, high schooler, excuse me, has um, a teacher, staff, 
uh, paired up with them and they get mentorship every week in which the staff member checks in with them, asks them how their life is. And so over time, um, really, really strong connections are formed. And so it's very common. Just the other day, we had one of our graduates walk through the doors and come say hi to me and give me a big hug. And so we know our students are going on to four-year universities, community colleges, um, our, the classical academies in general um, is becoming pretty well known for our special education program. We personalize education um, for these students who may have different learning needs, mm -hmm. um, just in a different and more personalized way. Um, and so we have some data actually that shows our, our special education students especially are going on to do great things in the community. Some of them are going to community colleges, some of them are going um, into different careers, working at Trader Joe's, working at Pep. Pet Boys, Pet Brothers, whatever that's called. Pet Boys. Pet boys. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I got a car guy. In um, family. But because mentorship is such a huge part of our program, our graduates come back and forth all the time. Some of them are doing internships. Many of them um, are actually wanting to go into education. How touching is that? <laughs> yeah, so I'd like that's to a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's so important, Carol and I, as we were thinking of questions mm -hmm. of what's interesting in the world you're in is those metrics to see mm -hmm. the results. Mm -hmm. And I think for the naysayers in you know, maybe a better way to educate uh, students, it's important to have that result aspect mm -hmm. tied into it. So I'm so happy that you have that component of really tracking their success levels. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, someone once told me is it, it's not really making an impact unless you can quantify and measure it. You think you're making a difference, but right. are we really? And so one of the differences at the high school level with the classical academies is we've committed to focusing on resiliency as the high schools. And so we're actually working um, with the Blanchard Foundation and Ken Blanchard, um, and they have a resiliency survey. And so every single high school student at the beginning of the year takes a resiliency survey um, where they rate themselves on a variety of different topics that relate from do they feel like they have an adult they can go to um, it asks them to rate different levels of their self-leadership um, all their family do you feel connected those kinds of things and then as a staff we take all of that data um, and we use it to build our character development program to um, frame the lessons that we do with our students because of course we want our students to be able to go out in the community and service others but we can't lead others if we can't lead ourselves right it starts exactly. within um, and so that piece of data we have found to be super valuable as we try to tailor our support to the kids that's fantastic well coastal has a great mission um, the mission is to partner with families to inspire each student to think critically communicate effectively and achieve excellence by providing academic choice and so it's a fascinating program of character education um, please tell us about it. Tell us more about that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So the Classical Academies and Coastal Academy High School is so committed to the whole child, and I just can't stress that enough. Um, and so the whole child, that includes their social, emotional um, development. And so at Coastal Academy High School, um, we utilize a program called Positive Behavior Interventions and Supports. And so to put that simply, we're really, really clear about our behavioral expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and re the reason we do that is because we find all students in general benefit from some kind of structure. It doesn't mean being militaristic and telling them what to do, but it means giving them a structure that they can lean on because that builds confidence and comfort for them. And so, for example, um, our structure are three simple rules. 
principles. Be safe, be respectful, and be responsible. And so we're really clear in that, and we define what does it look like to be respectful in the classroom? What does it look like to be respectful on the playground? And, and it may sound simple, but when we catch students doing that, we have something called the Stingray Shoutout. So our mascot at Coastal Academy High School is the Stingray. <laughs> and great. so um, we give kids Stingray Shoutouts. It's a cute little blue card that acknowledges them for what they're doing. Um, and then we have different raffles. And just recently, we had a principal's oh, pizza party. And the point is, even high schoolers like being acknowledged for doing the right thing. And it's an innate way that we build into our program um, to catch doing to catch students doing the right thing and build those basic leadership qualities. Now, built into our school day is something that we call student advisory. Student advisory is our intentional leadership development time. So every single school day, every student meets with the with the teacher and a group of students, um, and they focus on building those soft skills. So it may be resiliency. It may be a growth mindset. It may be embracing failure as feedback, and failure is not the end of the world, and, and that's where so, so much stress comes from for students, when they feel like, I got a C on this paper, and I feel like I need to be perfect, and I tell students all the time, well, if you got 100% on everything, you shouldn't be in this grade, because it means you already know it. Um, but sometimes the pressure just feels so significant. And so with our character development program and that intentional student advisory program, we're able to, uh, to actively practice what we preach. And you know, mm -hmm. I heard um, Art speak in one of his um, keynotes once about it's not about just walking the talk, it's behaving the talk. Right. It's, it's aligning your actions. And so we're really intentional in who we hire at the academies. And we hire people who intentionally take specific actions to lead by example, to behave by example. Um, and so once we build those soft skills with our students, then it comes down to how can we impact the community? And that's where the servant leadership piece comes in. So with their student advisory, they're talking about problems in the community, problems that hit home to them. I have a family member who's been impacted by this. And so in this student advisory time, the next piece is planning, okay, what's the problem? Let's research and educate ourselves on the problem. And then as a group of committed high schoolers, let's plan two months from now to go out and serve our community. Um, so we started our school year actually in that very way. So at the beginning of the school year, our juniors went out to Solutions for Change and they volunteered. Mm -hmm. Our seniors did a beach cleanup. And then our freshmen and sophomores, they did a back-to-school supplies drive um, for families in need. And they stuffed backpacks full of back-to-school uh, supplies and delivered them to a middle school in Escondido. And bringing our school community in that together in that way was just such a powerful thing. Wow. So, I mean, you're you're making our world better by creating oh, leaders at this absolutely. young age. So there's a natural tie-in, um, it sounds like, as when you teach behavior, right? Because mm -hmm. leadership's all about your behavior. Mm -hmm. Are you a leader worth following? Mm -hmm. So if they're getting this at a younger age, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's powerful. For, mm -hmm. for all your the employers out there listening yes. to this, imagine what you're able to bring into your workforce when you have done this great foundational works, Samantha. It, mm. It's truly amazing. The, mm. the other thing I really notice is, you know, when we teach servant leadership, we talk about first start with yourself mm -hmm. and then, you know, go to someone else, mm -hmm. right, your team. Yes. And then finally to the community. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard you mm -hmm. saying in yes. the processes that you yes. established. So yes. that's really, I mean, that's like music to our ears, mm -hmm. you know, because it's just so needed mm 
-hmm. in our world today. And we can get pretty downcast Mm -hmm. about the state of things sometimes, I think. But when, as as Robin and I have found out about programs going on in the community with our youth, Mm -hmm. we're very, very, it's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so much good going on in the world and it's so easy to get bogged down because unfortunately the the media glorifies all of the bad things because that's people, that's what people tune in for. And so, you know, of course it's important we listen and our high schoolers are certainly impacted because they're all on social media. And so we really try to direct Mm -hmm. students, let's talk about it, let's acknowledge it, let's teach them how to filter through and find the truth behind everything the media serves. Um, but then let's be part of the change. So let's talk about it. Let's be part of the solution. Um, as we're planning the different service projects, we encourage students as a class, say there's a, a group of 20 students, let's talk about our strengths. Let's talk about our weaknesses because that's a huge part of leadership. We're not all perfect, but collectively, if we all come together, we can do something incredible. Um, and so that's part of that, that service leadership that we try to teach kids is to let's talk about your strength, let's talk about mine, and let's find a way that we can combine our strength uh, to give back to the community who's just done so much for us. Yeah, that's so. great. So that leads me to a, a sort of a natural question, mm-hmm. which is how do, would you describe servant leadership? Mm. Well, I, I think the easiest way for me to describe servant leadership is for me to chat about what it's not. Because so many people, you know, prior to me becoming a principal, um, I taught a leadership program for, for middle schoolers. And oh I found gosh. many of the middle schoolers who signed up for my program, when I asked them what's leadership, they would say, well, it means you're the boss. You're a boss of people. You tell them what to do. And if I had to describe what servant leadership isn't, it's that. It is. <laughs> it, it defies the natural stereotype of positional power, if you will. Um, and so the, the servant leader, in my opinion, it's all about giving back. And so as a principal, um, I, I hope, I strive to be a servant leader in that it's all about how can I come alongside you. Um, servant leadership is about, I feel like, prioritizing people. How can you love people? How, how can you come alongside people? How can you listen better, serve better, make their life just a little bit easier, I think. Yes, are people better off Mm -hmm. after having come in contact with Mm -hmm. you? There's a quote I used to say to my students, um, and I used to tell them all the time, everything you say, everything you wear, everything you do is sending a message to the world around you about who you are. What do you want that message to be? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that aligns with, with the mission and the goal of servant leadership in general. Samantha, your your message today is uplifting for, mm-hmm. I think, anyone in any profession, but especially mm-hmm. in education uh, these days. And the fact that, you know, many of them went into education with the heart mm-hmm. of a servant leader, but life happens, mm-hmm. politics, all the things, and it can beat them down. Mm-hmm. We say that, you know, leaders spend a lot of time, if you look at a quilt, they're on the back end where all the knots and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. not so pretty side, and they need that that they need to be fed of the mm-hmm. great work that they do and how they can make a, dish, uh, a difference in a life mm-hmm. on the beautiful side of the quill, if you will. So I think you're really bringing that to our audience today, and, and we need this. You know, mm-hmm. We need to focus on all the good things that people are doing. So first of all, just thank you so much mm-hmm. for that. And I also want to ask you, um, one of our favorite questions to ask our guests is, you know, what do you think makes a great leader? Oh, what a great question. (laughs) So many things come to mind. Um, I think for me, 
Um, being a great leader is about showing your heart and being human. You know, there's this, at least for me, when I first got into leadership, I, I remember thinking I need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is nobody wants a perfect leader because perfect leaders, A, don't exist, but they're not relatable. And people want to know that you're someone who's a real human being underneath it all. And so that's where, again, a real a, a great leader, I feel like, is transparent. Um, they're honest about what they're great at, but they're honest about also what they need support with. Um, uh, I think a great leader prioritizes people above all else. Um, I work in a field in education where I'm around people all the time, and so that's that's easy for me to do because I work with staff and parents and students, but it's so easy, like you said, to get bogged down on the business side of leadership. But I think as long as we remind ourselves that, you know, to me at least, leadership is really about people and how can I serve, how can I make your life just a little bit better by coming alongside to serve you. Yeah. So. So what do you think made you decide you wanted to be a leader? What, what inspired mm. you to become a leader? Um, I'd say the first influence for me was my father. Um, at a very young age, my father has always been involved in management. And I remember as I was preparing for my first several jobs, um, he would do mock interviews with me. Mm-hmm. He would tell me stories about his job. Um, and he was always very, very inspiring to me. And I remember my first several jobs, I would come home and talk things through with him. And he would tell me how he would handle things. And I remember very early thinking to myself, I want to be like you, Dad. Um, so, Dad, I hope you're listening to this right now. Um, but also, I mentioned marching band. And I say that because whether it's marching band or a sports team or some kind of a group that requires a commitment, kids learn I'm a part of a greater whole. It's not just about me. And even as we look at students who are struggling with depression or that sort of thing where they become isolated, if we can help students and teachers and Americans to realize that we're all interconnected and we all need each other, um, I think there's great potential for kids and and myself, anyone, to learn leadership through the power of being a part of something greater than themselves. You know, I'm glad you brought up the marching band yeah. again because I wanted to ask you a question about that. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting how that inspired your love for leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us some more about that. I mean, I've never talked to anybody in a marching band. We're coming up on the Macy's Parade, oh, right? yes. which I never miss. <laughs> but the, the, you know, the marching band aspect is something that uh, I've always been intrigued with just watching on TV. Maybe. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, I grew up in LA. And so um, as part of the Los Angeles Unified School District, they have this band called the Los Angeles Unified School District All District Honor Band. They're in the Rose Parade every year. They're a big 300 person plus marching band. And if you go to high school in Los Angeles, you can try out to be a part of this band. And so I had my heart set on that. And so I wanted to be a part of this marching band. And so over winter break, um, this band meets every single day for three weeks. Can you believe that? All day. And we would meet at Dodger Stadium. And if you've seen Dodger Stadium, it's huge. Their parking lot is huge. And we would march in circles for hours playing our songs over and over because the Rose Parade, you know, is over six miles. And so we would train for this. And marching band, I mean, first we're talking about playing music, which for a high school student, you know, many of us have only been playing instruments for several years. So you're talking about learning how to play the song, memorizing the song, because if you see all the, the, the marching bands in the Macy's Parade, 
they should not have their music in front of them. They should have right. them, like the, <laughs> the bands who are on TV should have them memorized. And that's not easy. It takes time to do that. And then I challenge you, as you watch the upcoming Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the great bands all have their left foot forward at the same time. They all have their right foot forward at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the instruments are all held straight. If you see your flute players start to droop their flute down, that's a sign. We need to practice and build up our, our muscular strength there. And so there's just so much coordination that comes with that. Um, but then there's also so much camaraderie that comes. So you're in your line with the rest of your trumpet players or your flute players or the flag team, and you're all a part of the team. And so I just learned very early on, if I'm playing the wrong note, I'm making my entire row, I'm, I'm taking them down with me in the sense that we all want to put our best foot forward. We're going to be on TV. We, we want to represent Los Angeles the best we can. And so um, I just really learned the power of the whole. And even though individually I'm playing my song, it's not really about me. And that just relates so well to, to servant leadership in general. It's not really about me. It's how well can I serve the band, be a part of the bigger whole. That's you know? great. Well, we're going to use that analogy in our some of our servant leadership training I love it. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one of the areas that's on Carol and I's heart often, and that's really helping other women, you know, come mm -hmm. that we, you know, we've been there, done that, but our emerging young sure. um, leaders like yourself were just want to help so much and, and hear what's on their heart. And just curious at, at your stage in your career, um, what do you think are specific challenges women face as leaders? And do you have any advice for them? Mm, that's a great question. So I have conversations with my um, high school female students all the time. And I, I am so grateful to be in a position where I know I have young high school students looking up to me. Um, and some of them have shared with me themselves that they feel like women are supposed to be timid and there are certain roles they need to go in and maybe that's being a model or going to work for a magazine. And so I feel like once again, society and messaging in general, especially for our youth um, and, and women who are considering leadership, there's this message that we have to fit again into that certain mold. Right. Um, and will someone think of me differently if I have a differing opinion or if I want to pursue leadership? Um, and so I, I guess my piece of advice with that would be to be comfortable in yourself. And for me, um, my leadership and, and my career really took off when I became comfortable in myself and my values and who I am. And once I knew this is what I stand for, this is the impact I want to have in the world, and I believe it's good, um, that level of self-awareness and comfort I feel like is huge. And then as crazy as it sounds, asking for what you want. Sometimes we have this 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 deep belief that I, I want this and I feel like if I had this, I could create this intentional impact in the world, but we keep it to ourselves, and some people take it to the grave. Like, what is that one thing that you feel like if it came to fruition, you could create a meaningful impact? And for many women, I feel like it's being in a position of leadership, but they're just afraid to ask for it, take the risk. So someone once told me it's not just about taking risks, it's about calculated risks. It's about what is that mm -hmm. risk that's going to swing the pendulum and cause uh, change for the good. So, it's great advice. Great Wonder advice. Well, thank you so much, Samantha, for sharing that advice, which is amazing and great mm -hmm. for anybody really um, to tune into. And 
This has been um, so inspiring for us to learn about this school. Granted, we have listeners from all over the world that may not have one of these in their community, such a great charter school, but um, if you want more information, perhaps they can reach out to you. And like you said, just Google the classical academies and um, learn about it and see what's possible in your community because it's really quite amazing Amazing what you're pouring into students to make them better people, better leaders, just their character. So thank you for the great work you're doing for sharing this with us today. Thank you. No, it's a, it's a pleasure being on the program. And um, yes, if you're listening and you want more information about the work we do with students, feel free to Google the Classical Academies. Um, and we are expanding our programming and we are always connecting with different people across the nation. Our executive director, Cameron Curry, is always connecting with other educational leaders just because the programming we offer, um, you know, focusing on the whole child and personalizing education and creating these leaders of tomorrow, it's new and it's different. And so if you're interested in learning more, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Great. Thank you so much for being here today, Samantha. You know, you've given us a big old dose of hope today, and so um, I want to thank you for that. It's been a sheer pleasure to meet you you and to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and for more information on the Servant Leadership Institute, visit us on our website. That's www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. And registration is now open for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference titled Shift into Drive. On stage, we have the pleasure of having presentations by our founder, Art Barter, as well as Mark Miller, VP of Training and Development for Chick-fil-A. Returning from last year, we have Vicki Clark and also Ken Blanchard, with more speakers to be announced soon. The conference will be held at the Marriott Marquis in San Diego, California, February 19th and 20th, with a complimentary networking event February 18th. And you can also subscribe now to receive our weekly tips by going onto our website. These are great short tips that are intended to challenge and motivate you while you are going through your servant leadership journey. And finally, we would love you to grab a copy of our latest publication, The Servant Leadership Journal written by SLI founder and CEO, Art Barter. This is an 18-week journey to transform you and your organization, available now on our website and on amazon.com. Thank you for listening and allowing us to add value to your day.